0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We're so happy you're here with us again and this new season. Ladies, we've been doing this for a year. Come, we're, on. We're Come on. No, we're <laughs> not all. Okay, my name is Just Ray Ray Rose. And I'm here with my ladies, like always Kira Kelly. Hey, Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And we have a special episode for you, ladies. And gentlemen, we have a lot of gentlemen listening to the Mom Village, and it's called Overwhelmed Moms, and who do we have with us, Kristen?
1: Wow, we're starting off this season right, ladies. We have had Sydney Me last time Mm -hmm. for our nutrition episodes, who we love, and now we have one of our favorite people of all time, Sarah Rayner, who is actually back with us from season one. And Sarah, welcome. Please tell our Mom Village a little bit about you.
3: Well, thanks for having me back. I really wish I could actually be there with you ladies. I just love the three of you dearly. And I'm so glad to be back on. As you said, I'm Dr. Sarah Rayner. I have um, a master's and a doctorate in clinical psych. I'm actually a licensed psychologist here in North Carolina. On top of that, I'm married to Art Rainer, who writes widely about finances. And then we have three very energetic boys, um, ages 11, soon to be eight and five. And so a lot of my free time is with them or exercising or eating chocolate.
0: <laughs> Sarah, don't, don't, your husband, don't your husband has a podcast too? Please tell our audience about it because I think it's pretty awesome to share about finances. We need that, especially the mom village needs to be <laughs> wise about finances.
3: Yes, he does. He has a, it's called More Than Money, and his podcast is focused on biblical stewardship and generosity. So how can we use our finances the way that God has intended, He's intended to use them? Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. So we're so excited to start. And what is our first question for Dr. Sarah Rayner?
1: All right, Sarah, we're just going to jump right in. And I want to ask you this. So the, the title of these next two episodes are The Overwhelmed. Mom, And so actually all of us are sitting here with a pad of pen and paper trying to, so you can tell us how to (laughs) stop this nonsense. But why do you think moms are feeling so overwhelmed in particular these days, 2021 moms?
3: So to answer that question, I think we have to go back to where does feelings of stress and overwhelmed feelings even come from. And when I say stress, I'm talking about negative feelings or negative physical responses. In other words, for that, are being overwhelmed or feeling burdened or wearied or hopeless or just having too much on your plate. And I think as believers, we get a very clear evidence of where this comes from, actually from Genesis 3. After Adam and Eve sinned, we see the consequences of sin. We actually see God even say to Adam, the ground is cursed because of you and you will eat from it by me. Of painful labor. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field, and you will eat bread by the sweat of your brow. And similarly, he says to Eve that she he will intensify her labor pains. And so just from the beginning, we see stress and feeling overwhelmed in Genesis 3. So we live in that post fall world. So not only do we have the consequences of the original fall. All of the things the fall creates, like disease and destruction and death, we live in that world. And so there are going to be feelings of being overwhelmed or stressed that I don't think will reside until the day we meet the Lord. So that's kind of where it stems from. And then, Kristen, specifically with your question, why are we seeing so much of it even more now in, in 2021? And there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm going to touch on a few. One is in America, we are a very individualized country mm-hmm. compared to mm-hmm. more Eastern countries that are going to be more collective in nature. So we just don't have the family structure or the community like other cultures do. And so when we are trying to do life by ourselves or alone, or we are looking out for, you know, number one here myself, then we are going to feel more stressed. Mm-hmm. That just also goes against God's design for community. Mm-hmm. Number two is we live in a country that has a significant financial debt. And and research says over and over again that financial debt causes additional stress. So if you're a mom and you're having this burden of financial stress, that's going to add to the burden of being a mom. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, because there's so much financial debt in America, we're seeing more and more like two income homes, not out of desire, but out of necessity. And so we're having more and more moms Feeling like they have to go to work versus choosing to go to work. So there's a lot. Just being a mom in and of itself can be overwhelming at times with lack of sleep and just the demands of, of childhood. But when you throw on top financial debt and then you throw on top being an individualist culture and then you even throw in social media and comparison, you're going to have even more feelings of being stressed.
2: Yeah, I can I can feel it. I can see it all around me. Wow, Sarah, I'm just trying to take all of that in <laughs> and I'm like we are sitting here like nodding our heads. So you're a mom, you've been a mom for a while. Can you share with the listeners, um, what are some of the factors that cause moms to be overwhelmed or what are some things that we can either stop doing or that we can begin doing that may alleviate some of the stress that we feel and that's causing us to be overwhelmed?
3: So when we talk about stress, there's some important factors to consider. And and one of those is is what happens to our bodies when we are stressed out. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to over understand what moms can do to help we have to understand what's actually happening to her body so what happens and i don't know if this was how god designed us or if it was something he graciously allowed our bodies to adapt to after the fall but when we perceive stress we have a natural stress response in our body our amygdala in our brain is is the emotional center of our brain and it it perceives fear this is a good thing actually it's the flight or fight response and it it triggers hypothalamus in our brain to release. Things like adrenaline into our body, and what this does is it creates racing heartbeat, increase in blood pressure, lots of energy, and even changes our blood vessels. So stress and feeling overwhelmed will end up. This is the initial response to fight or flight. But stress and feeling chronic stress and overwhelmed is when we don't turn this off. Hmm. So. Our initial fight or fight response is a good thing. And actually, I think we even see this in Jesus when he is sweating blood, that this is an initial response we have to stress. It is not something that we can change. It's not even something we process. But it's like having, it's like sitting in a car and you put your foot on the gas and then you take your gas and you take the foot off the gas. That's what our initial response is supposed to be. We're supposed to have an increase in all of this adrenaline and then we will release that and our body will reset. With chronic stress and being overwhelmed, it's like sitting in a car and putting your foot on and it's just barely pushing the gas. It never turns off. Mm-hmm. So that's when we get into this Chronic stress is no longer acute stress; it's chronic stress, and that's where a lot of these moms might be because you know they're not sleeping well, or their child's not behaving the way they thought their child would behave, or they just don't have time to do anything. So they're living in this chronic stress, and that's that's actually harming their bodies, and in return, it will harm their families because we all know. That how we respond to our kid is less about our child's emotional state and more of our emotional state.
0: Oh, wow. So you shared before, you know, you talked about the beginning in Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve. But what else um, can you share with the audience? What scripture says about being overwhelmed? You know, not only like examples of the Bible, but what is actually the word of God says about that?
3: You know, when I read scripture, so what are the greatest commandments in all of scripture that's said more than more is do not be afraid, do not fear. Mm -hmm. And when we see that, it's there's a usually with fear or irrational fears is, is stress. And we see promises that accompany that. But over and over again, we see people in scripture are being overwhelmed for different reasons. Some of it could be their own sin, like Jonah. Um, and some of it is the sin that other people have done to them. and Some of it's their circumstances. And so let me take you through a few of those. So we see Hannah um, in first Samuel, we see her crying out to the Lord because she is overwhelmed with infertility. Um, and she is just in tears so much. So the priest thought she was drunk. <laughs> um, so we see that, you know, we see that example of this woman who's just overwhelmed and she's, just crying out. We see Paul and Silas, they're in prison. That's not their own sin, but they're stressed and they are, we find them worshiping in the midst of their stress. Mm-hmm. We see Jonah as if he's swallowed by a large fish. We see him crying out to the Lord for deliverance. We see David in in the Psalms when he's being pursued by his son and by Saul, he's crying out for deliverance. And so what we do see over and over again is one, there's a, a lot of commands of do not fear. Again, fear goes a lot with stress and we see promises of God met with those um, to meet those fears. But we see people in scripture over and over again, crying out for deliverance and crying out for the Lord to meet them where they are. So if a mom is feeling overwhelmed and stressed, she can find examples of that in scripture. She is not alone now, or has she ever been alone in that? Um, We all experience those at times. You know,
1: Sarah, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking up some verses about this subject and I came across Isaiah 26, three, and it says that, so the prophet Isaiah writes, you keep Him, he's talking to God. You keep this man, this person in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you, and so he was writing this to the people who were. He was also telling them simultaneously, you're about to be in big trouble, and be you're going to go into exile. The Babylonians are going to take you over, but you can have perfect peace no matter your circumstance if your mind is stayed on the Lord. And so, you know, we talk a lot about that on the Mom Village, but that that aspect of parenting is so important because it's not just about checking the box. Oh, am I having a quiet time today or I'm going to learn a memory verse, but it's this active discipline
3: mm-hmm.
1: of trusting Jesus mm-hmm. and trusting his plan for your family and trusting that he loves our families more than we do and trusting that he will order our steps. If we will call out to him about even things like prioritizing schedules and commitments and and all of those things. Which As- is the
0: hardest part. Yeah. It, it, is, right. Trusting. Yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done, but I think that's something that we all here in this table struggle, you know, and because we live in the sinful flesh. So um, it's not an excuse not to do it. It's an encouragement to practice that. But I mean, uh, for you, mom, they're listening, you know, we want to let you know we're we're in the same boat. You know, We yeah. we feel overwhelmed by not only our own lives and like Sarah was saying, you know, our situations can be economically, it can be our marriages, it can be our children, it can be what's happening in the world, you know, but it's just taking that step of like, let me practice this because I know this is good for me. And it's a reminder, you know, like Kristen, you were saying of our spiritual lives just to get stronger to for us to be able to deal with it.
1: Yeah. So Sarah, I have a, I have another question for you. So what are some signs or indicators? that we as moms should look for, whether they're physical signs, emotional signs, spiritual signs that we should look for to kind of give us indications that we are hitting that overwhelmed state. And then part two of that question, what can we do about it? And it seems like a stupid question at first, because everybody's thinking, I know when I'm overwhelmed, but honestly, do we? Because if we are living in that state, that Mm -hmm. becomes our normal, normal, whether it is truly God's plan for us or not. So just again... What are some signs we can um, notice in ourselves? And two, what can we do about it?
3: Kristen, you are so right. There are times where we are just running on autopilot and stress so much that we now think that's a new baseline. Mm -hmm. And so we're not even aware. Of how overwhelmed or stressed we are, and so I'm going to give you. I'm going to go through some physical, cognitive, emotional, relational, and spiritual signs that you you need to do something because you are running on stress autopilot. So physically, um, you might start having chest pain, headaches. GI issues, fatigue, and if it continues on, you're going to end up having even more serious physical conditions like high blood pressure, heart issues, diabetes, or even a weakened immune system. This is the cortisol that's running in our bodies um, can even cause weight gain. That's a stress hormone that's going on in this idle state we're in when we're not letting off the gas of acute stress and we've now gotten into chronic stress. The other thing is it causes some issues with our brain, so it will actually Shrink our hippocampus, mm. and we are more likely to have like a mood disorder. It changes neurotransmitters like serotonin, so we're more likely to suffer from depression. Mm. Our sleep rhythms and our circadian rhythm—we're gonna have disruption in that, not sleep so well. Yeah. And actually, one of the really interesting things about stress is because it affects um, the protein, ends up the hormones and stuff they get inside the blood-brain barrier, and actually. They do affect your brain the point where stress can cause hoarding behaviors and irrational fears. Yeah, so if you wonder why everybody was hoarding toilet paper in 2020, that's probably why. <laughs>
2: Y'all can stop it now. I think <laughs> We're good.
3: There is a biological reason as to why people were hoarding everything. But <laughs> cognitively, we're going to have difficulty concentrating or we're going to ruminate on our stress, worry more. We're going to emotionally be more irritable, likely to cry. And and really what I see in overwhelmed moms is like an underlying bitterness or anger, maybe towards mm. your spouse or their kids, as if they are the cause of that. Relationally, we might start blaming people like our spouses or our kids, or we might just be short fused and on edge. And spiritually, we're going to disconnect probably from our community and from the Lord. We might have some unrepentant sin, um, just feeling complacent in our walk or even anger towards God of like, hey, God, you know, I'm overwhelmed and you're not even doing anything about it. Um, and so those are just a few of the symptoms of stress that if if someone is feeling those or experiencing those. A lot of times women will experience the physical part mm-hmm. and not know that it's related to stress. They'll think that there's something medically wrong, which then creates more stress.
2: Sarah, that's good. I don't think I, I couldn't write fast enough. <laughs> if,
3: some, if
0: somebody <laughs> you can see us live, We're,
1: the three of us <laughs> are writing notes. down. <laughs>
2: I was like oh my gosh how many can we check off
0: I thought I was amazing and now I think I'm a stress case because I have. if we had one of those old school like typewriters it would be a mess here (laughs) I know okay
1: so that's part one that's the discouraging part of the question (laughs) we need help Sarah help us what what can we do about this problem yeah so
3: when we talk about what we can do, we actually have to get into a little bit of the self-care and talk about what self-care is and what it should be and what it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. and the lies of self-care. So, you know, as a believer, how can we look at taking care of ourselves in a biblical way? So what self-care is not and the lies that our culture has told us, there's two lies I think we as believers have been told in our culture. One is that we have to run ourselves completely ragged, to help other people. And then self-care comes in to where we need to stop serving others altogether and only focus on ourselves. And I really believe that that Satan can use these lies to make us one, hate serving others and two, to be selfish and and Mm self-focused. And that's not what scripture focuses on. That's actually not what scripture teaches. It Mm -hmm. doesn't teach either one of those. There's a great design in scripture for us on how do we take care of others and ourselves. And God has designed us that way. And so I'm going to give you a few of those. Um, and then if you want me to elaborate any more on those, I have like eight of them. So Good. let me go through yeah. each of them. So one is we're going to start with boundaries. God has actually created us with limits. He, We are not God. We cannot operate outside of time. We cannot operate t- outside of food or sleep or or even exercise, like getting out and, and doing things in too often we try to. In fact, I think at times we have a savior complex that if I just serve this person more, then they'll come to know the Lord. They need me. Mm. They have to have me. And so we end up going out of God's design for our limitations on humanity. We do run ourselves ragged and we don't depend on the Lord. We depend on self Mm. to serve. And so I would say, we need greater dependency on the Lord and to set boundaries in place, and not to engage in that savior complex. Mm-hmm. You cannot be everything to everyone all the time, nor did God create you to be. And I think that right there can be freeing to a lot of moms.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you can you repeat that line again? You cannot what? <laughs>
3: you cannot be everything to mm. everyone all the time.
0: Hmm. Keep going, girl.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the others that the, the when I look at scripture, here are the self care. Um, items that I see in scripture that goes with how God designed us. And what I love most, and this is just my geeky self, science backs these up. So I get really giddy when I'm reading a scientific (laughs) article and I'm like, yep, scripture already says that. I just, it just blows my mind. I just love it every time. So I'm gonna take you through this. One is to take care of our temple or our tent. And that is our body. Um, exercise, science says, leads to anti-inflammatory, an anti-inflammatory response in our body and it increases neurogenesis in our brains. Well, the Lord wants us to take care of our body. He, this is not my body. It's not your body. God is allowing me to borrow this body while I'm here and he wants me to steward it. Mm. So I need to be taking care of my body through exercise, through sleeping, And through eating healthy. And again, science says sleep, eating healthy, and exercise are all what we need to do. I think those are biblical mandates as well. God created us to need sleep, God created us to need food, and God created our bodies to move and to work. And so I think those are three things. That's now before you say, wait a minute, but I have a newborn. How in the world am I supposed to sleep? because that's a real, that's a real thing. And I don't want to knock that. When you have a newborn, you are not sleeping um, the way you should be sleeping. And here's what I would tell those moms, sleep when you can. For a season of your life, you will have to change your expectations about how and when you sleep. So don't think of it as I'm going to sleep the next 10 hours or eight hours. I might have to sleep four hours here. And then when my baby sleeps, I need to take a nap. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to nap. I cannot say that enough. It is okay to take a nap. It's okay to have that period where your body needs needs to just rejuvenate itself.
2: And can that be um, applicable for even moms that don't have
0: newborns? <laughs> I'm asking for <laughs> As <more> a <newborn>. friend. <laughs> here, here I have a friend still, named Louise. <laughs> Louise needs, <laughs> needs to rest and, more.
3: If I seriously sleep like 10 hours at nighttime and I still take naps. So, I love you, oh Sarah. Goodness, See, yes.
0: I knew we were
1: kindred spirit. <laughs> I go out when anytime I speak at a mom to mom, I always tell them that I take naps just so they won't feel Gil, like guilty. lazy bums if they do it because it, it's,
0: it's important. Sarah, how, okay, how do you sleep 10 hours in a night? I love it. This girl needs
3: her beauty sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, Sa- God, Sarah,
0: let me up. ask you so because one of our questions was that you know about the lack of rest, mm-hmm. but um. Can you encourage also those moms that are single moms or single parenting, you know, and they're doing all of this by themselves and they find themselves in this predicament of like, we'll have to work so hard all the time. And, and I, you know, sometimes I got to do it by myself because I have no other choice. Um, what, what's a good advice that you can share with them in terms of like wisely find, find a, a time to rest?
3: Yeah. A few of the other points that speak to that is one is we do need to rest and pray. That is God calls us to meditate on his words. And what's so interesting again is science shows that meditation can, and relaxation helps reduce the stress response and can reverse some of the physical signs of that. So if you're a single mom, and you don't have a lot of time just meditating on God's word or praying while you're doing life, while you're driving, while you're with your kids, have a Mm -hmm. note card there. Um, pray in the car line. If you pick your kids up, pray when you have a break at work, um, some, some way get rest and meditation there, even if it's just taking a five minute break and setting yourself, um, down on the couch and letting your kids do electronics for a few minutes. It's really important to take that time to help reverse some of the signs of stress. And then especially for the single mom, and and this is one of the eight, is number four on my list is community. Again, science shows over and over again that community support is so important, but really science just is showing what the Bible already tells us, that we're to live in biblical community with other believers and be part of a local body, church. And that is so important because then if you are, especially if you're a single mom or you have a spouse that's just hands off um, or is not a believer, that community, you can go to them and ask. I know so many women are sitting there going, how can I help? I want to help. And they don't know how to help. And they're just waiting to be asked. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I am so tired? I'm a single mom. I'm working two jobs. Can you help? I can't afford sitters. Do you mind just helping me once or twice a week and take my kids for an hour or two? So I can just rest. Mm -hmm. there are plenty of of women in the church who would step up and help with that
0: yeah and it's okay to ask mom so don't feel like you're being a burden it's okay to ask we we all done it and it's okay to receive you know sometimes we
2: people will offer and we're like
0: no i'm good i'm okay yeah and we're like drowning
2: i think think that's when the pride sometimes comes in comes in right
0: and what's number five sarah Yeah, keep going
3: sarah keep going well, let me go back to number four because I think mm-hmm. it's a, also a call to us as women to be very hands on and ask and, and say, hey, you're a single mom. Can I watch your kid for you? Because mm-hmm. sometimes when we're feeling stressed, we don't always know what we need. We just know we can't do everything. So to have somebody offer something tangible, not, Hey, you know, can I help you? How can I help? But, uh, can I bring you dinner tonight? So that's a call to us who maybe our kids are in a different life stage or we have a spouse or we don't have kids. We can help out those who are struggling. So that's, a, that's really, um, something I think that we need to step up as a church and as women in the church and do that. And it's a call to men to step up too. For men to help out. Um, Sarah, that's all right, so so, good. so we're moving on to what else can we do if we're feeling overwhelmed? Um, and so I'm, that brings me to number five. And this is going to seem silly to you, but it's actually to learn something new. See, often when we're overwhelmed, we are overwhelmed with things that we don't want to do. Or we're overwhelmed with things that we don't, in our mind, think have a lot of importance. Um, and I'll, I can dive into why we think that later and what society teaches us and what scripture teaches us. But... Learning something new. If there's a way for you to learn a new skill, and I'm thinking, how am I supposed to learn a new skill? I'm already overwhelmed. That means you have to say, that means you have to, you do have to look at your schedule, look at your life. What can what are you doing now that's not life-giving that you don't mm-hmm. have to do? Replace it with something life-giving. And mm-hmm. the reason I say learn a new skill is it helps with the neurogenesis in our brain, which is the creating of New neurons and so we know when we are learning we have more cognitive reserves in our brain and when we have more cognitive reserves in our brain we are less susceptible to things like depression and cognitive deficits so even though you might be adding or replacing something on your plate you're replacing it with something that actually is beneficial
0: I like good. number five.
3: <laughs> Wait, so you, you, think, that, dancing. you think
1: that <laughs> no, we did that girl when you <laughs> lived here. You remember that?
3: Oh, yes. I was not very good at that. That will not be something I will be learning. anytime <laughs> yeah. Soon.
1: yeah. You and I were the white girls on the back row going, please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. <laughs> that wasn't life giving. <laughs> hey, I'm just on that vein. So like if some of these moms are like, yeah, right. I really want to take ceramics or oh, my gosh, that's so dated. It is. <laughs> my 1970s came out. It's probably retro though it's probably back in style. that's cool whatever yeah, yeah. but re- even reading right e- reading for information something new that that that's learning something new also that might be feel more doable for like a say a nursing mom
3: yes or for the working mom that listening to music turn on um, an audiobook in the car mm. that teaches you something
1: that's great all right keep going we've got three more i think
3: yes okay this one is guilt and shame, and it's to remind yourself Mm. guilt and shame do not come from God. I love this. I was going over the story of Peter with my son the other day, and and this is just an incredible story to me, and it was something I had never seen before. Peter just sat there and watched Jesus be tortured and denied Jesus three times, and as soon as Peter found out Jesus was resurrected, as soon as he heard that he was not in the grave, Peter ran to Jesus, he didn't run away from Jesus, thinking he was going to be condemned. The fact that he ran to Jesus tells you something about who he thought Jesus was and what he thought he'd be met with. I think if Peter thought he'd be met with punishment and condemnation, he would have run away. Mm-hmm. But he knew he'd be met with grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. And that is the God we serve. Mm-hmm. So if you have guilt and shame, that is not from the Lord. And if you are worrying about your child, please know that that worrying isn't going to help your child any more than turning it over to the Lord actually would be better. But the guilt and shame that we often and the worrying that comes is not from the Lord. And so when God does convict us about sin in our life, he convicts us out of love to bring us back to repentance and restore us to him. It is never out of condemnation for a believer. And so I just think that's so important because I know a lot of moms deal with guilt, shame, worry, just the heavy burden of what's wrong with my child, what's going to happen to my child. And just know that those things are not from the Lord, that he's there to love you and meet you and wants you to depend on Him.
1: That's awesome, Sarah. Yeah, so when we have those natural feelings of guilt and shame, those should, what you're saying, spur us on to run to our Savior, who's the only one that can drag us out of that, not hide like um, Adam and Eve did in the garden. That's powerful.
3: You want me to move on to seven?
1: Yes! Yes. (laughs) Sorry, we're in silence because we're taking
0: notes. (laughs) We're just ready for you.
3: (laughs) So this kind of goes along with guilt and shame, but I think it's important. So again, these are things we see in scripture. We see that we're created with limits. We see we need to exercise, sleep and eat healthy. That's how God designed our body. We rest and pray and meditate on God's word. We need community support. Uh, I think God gives us a brain to learn new things. God doesn't want us to be in guilt and shame. And then number seven is one I don't think we talk about enough, that it's not wrong. To enjoy the things God has given you. So he made food taste good for a reason. He made his mountains and his ocean beautiful for a reason. So it's not a bad thing if we want to take a vacation or or eat, go out to dinner. Um, those are things that God wants us to enjoy. Good things are not good things when we make them an idol. So that's Mm. where the self-care, if our self-care says you deserve these and you have to have these, these are the things that are going to bring fulfillment from your worried life. And that's not what scripture teaches. Scripture does teach us there's a place for those things. And and God in his loving kindness has given us and in his grace has given us things to enjoy. But it should never be an idol in our life where we feel like that is going to help me. That's going to, that vacation is going to make me not an overwhelming person we're just going to come back become overwhelmed again so right. we should enjoy those things but let's not make them an idol
0: um right. kristen didn't your husband preach about this um not too long ago like sometimes when we unconsciously and again we do this this a slow fit you know we do it a little bit at a time that we put all, a lot of things first and then they become an idol it can be you know either um, sports work hobbies whatever it is material stuff um things that you, careers, but we focus too much on those thinking that we're doing it, putting it in our minds, thinking this is for the good of my family or myself. And then sometimes they just become an idol, but little by little, we don't notice that it is taking that role until we've been talking about you are overwhelmed and you realize, you, and then you start thinking to yourself, how do, how do I get, I got to this place? Like, how was it that I, I just found myself like so like overwhelmed here with all these emotions and conflictions and everything um so yeah I thank you for that one
1: all right Sarah we're all waiting with bated breath we must know <laughs> number eight yes big eight.
3: <laughs> this is the last one I have for overwhelmed moms and I can't drill this one home enough that it's okay to ask for help and for ask for time Mm -hmm. Too often, the lie of Satan is that, again, it kind of goes back to that, that we have to do it all. And that's not what God intends for us. And moms often, I think, feel guilty of like, I can't ask for help or I can't ask for time. But if you're at the point where you're needing to ask your spouse for time to do chores or to do grocery shopping or cook dinner, you're having to ask for time, you're probably well beyond overwhelmed. (laughs) There's wisdom in you and your spouse sitting down and saying, hey, what do you need time for? And what do I need time for? We have to get these done. But if the only time you're taking is to do those things, um, I think you're probably overwhelmed and it's okay. to say, Hey, I need time to take, you know, a bubble bath or just to take a break from the kids. I've been with the kids all day long. I love my kids, but you know, as well as I know, if you're with somebody all day long, I mean, you see their sins, they see your sins and you just need a break. And that's (laughs) okay to say, Hey guys, I need, I need a break.
2: Sarah, you've just given us so much. Like I'm literally sitting here flipping through pages and we are looking so forward to the next episode just briefly, just ladies, if you haven't had a chance to just go back and listen to this again, and sit down, take it all in. Don't just listen to it as you're washing dishes or doing the take notes. You know, doing whatever you're doing with your babies. But sit down and take notes. And I'm literally going to sit here and just kind of study this because although you know I don't have a newborn at home, but I can honestly say, and, and probably you know all the ladies sitting here at this table, that there are certain seasons that I am feeling completely overwhelmed, and I'm I'm actually thinking, oh my goodness. I need to do all of these things for self-care that Sarah has talked about, creating boundaries, you know, reaching out to community, learning something new, not feeling guilty and shame. <laughs> um, okay.
0: Can I, can I throw a really quick challenge before we, before we go? So I want to challenge our ladies that are listening, um, ladies and gentlemen, Like Kira said, go back and listen to it, take notes. And I'm going to challenge you, if you can take a sticky note, a card or whatever, put it on your mirror, wherever you can see it every morning, find something that Sarah shared, put it there and try to apply it daily, at least for a week and see what you can find. See if it's something that is like taking a little bit of that overwhelming feeling out of you. I think I'm going to personally do that. That's the first thing I th- I'm like, I'm going to find, I have like five things I need to fix, but mm. <laughs> I'm going to take one of those great advice. I'm going to put it in my bathroom mirror so I can see it every morning. And when I'm doing my quiet time my scripture or I'm running around like a crazy person, I can look at it and be like, okay, let me remind myself. I need to do this better. So just a quick challenge for our listeners. Okay. And I'm going to up your challenge. Ooh, come on.
2: <laughs> I'm going to ask moms out there that you would also share this with another mom. Yes. I think sometimes we're so, what would what, what we say? We, we, we so want oriented. to appear that we have it all together. So yeah. And there are so many moms who would definitely um, benefit from hearing this information or for even you sharing it. So either pass on mm-hmm. the podcast and this really isn't like a, yeah. you know,
0: no, you you can find a, a buddy and do the challenge together. Yeah, do the challenge together mm-hmm. and
2: share with another mom. You know what you've learned in 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 this podcast because they we we need it. We need we need it yes, as moms. So please, so Sarah, we are going to wrap up this episode and we are looking forward to part two, yes. where we will continue the discussion of overwhelmed moms.
0: Ready, ladies? Lace enough. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. Bye.